Helaman was concerned. Only a few days before, Alma had given Helaman and his younger brothers priesthood blessings. Then he had left for a short visit to the neighboring city of Melek. But, surprisingly, Alma never arrived. Whatever had become of Alma? This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon, and we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. We're glad that you would join us today for this podcast. You know, Andrew, regarding this story of Alma, as the weeks passed, some of the people assumed that Alma must have been taken up by the Lord. He was such a righteous man, and they compared his disappearance to Moses, who the brass plate said, the Lord had taken unto himself. Yeah. Had the prophet Alma become a translated angel, similar to Moses? Well, even the people in the Book of Mormon times weren't sure. But they believed in angels. Ministering angels are an important part of God's true church. Listen to the words of the prophet Mormon as he talked about miracles and angels. Have miracles ceased? Nay, neither have angels ceased to minister unto the children of men. That's in Moroni 7.29. So one sign of the true church has always been that angels minister unto men. Yeah, and that's always been the case. From ancient times, angels ministered. The time of Christ, there were angels who ministered. And during the time of Joseph Smith. And today. And today, angels continue to minister unto the children of men. We want to talk about some insights that the Book of Mormon gives us concerning angels. But before we do, we're going to present some background information about the different kinds of angels. There are four types of ministering angels. What are they? The first type is um, a premortal spirit, someone who has not come to earth and received a body yet. And that would be, what's an example of that? I think when Christ appeared to the brother of Jared. That was before he was born, and he appeared as a spirit body, so he could see that he had hands and fingers. But it was not a physical body, it was a spiritual body. Or when Christ appeared to Nephi, he said, Tomorrow I'll be born, and this, this is how I'll look. But he hadn't been born yet. So he was an unembodied spirit. That's the first type of angel. What's the second type of angel? Second type would be a post-mortal spirit or a disembodied spirit. So someone who had lived and then died and no longer has a body. Okay. And can you think of any examples of that? And uh, we... Joseph Smith, maybe, like appearing to Brigham Young. And, and I think there are many cases today where spirits appear to people and they haven't been resurrected yet. Yeah. They lived and are now passed on to the spirit world and yet appear to people spiritually. We have family members who have had those kind of experiences. That's right. When we think of disembodied spirit, an example could easily be Gabriel when he appeared to Mary. Yeah. He was a man who had lived and died and came back as a messenger of light. Yeah. And we know that Gabriel was the ancient prophet Noah. And Noah, now as a disembodied spirit, appeared to Mary to give her a message. I think that disembodied spirits often have a message to give. The third type of spirit would be the resurrected or the re-embodied spirit. 
So they've lived, got a body, have died and lost their body, but then have been resurrected. Any examples of re-embodied spirits? Well, obviously, Jesus Christ himself, after his resurrection, when he appeared to his apostles and whenever he's appeared since then. Okay. One really clear example is John the Baptist. When he appeared to Joseph Smith and gave him the Aaronic priesthood, he was a resurrected being. Yeah. I suspect that many of the other angels who appeared at that time Moroni and... were probably resurrected beings. Yeah. Moroni certainly was a resurrected being. Yeah. And then the final type of angel to appear to men is? A translated being. A translated being. Which is, this is the hard one, because this one is okay. a little bit confusing. It me. is. And what does it mean to be a translated being? So a translated being is similar to a resurrected being, and they actually have a body, and they can walk around and touch things and pick up things or whatever, but is not a resurrected being in that they have not received their eternal resurrected body yet. They haven't died yet. They haven't died yet, yeah. They have a human body of flesh and bones, but it's just changed so that they don't die somehow. That's right. So they are just translated, changed so that they can continue to live, and they are not resurrected. In fact, they will eventually, at some point, have to die and be resurrected. That will probably happen very rapidly in the twinkling of an eye, but they will change from a translated being into a resurrected being. In the Book of Mormon, there are many places that are very clear in what it says, but there are some places that we can look at that give us hints as to certain things that are going on. That's something we're going to talk about today, and this is regarding the prophet Moses. In Alma chapter 45, Mormon is telling the story of Alma the Younger and his final acts in this life. It was noted that he was going to go to a certain city and left Zarahemla, And as he went, it says that he disappeared. The saying went abroad in the church that he was taken up by the Spirit, or buried by the hand of the Lord, even as Moses. But behold, the Scripture saith that the Lord took Moses unto himself. And we suppose that he has also received Alma in the Spirit unto himself. Therefore, for this cause, we know nothing concerning his death and burial. So Moses, we know, wandered off into the wilderness kind of too and just disappeared or God took him to himself. They speculate that Alma went and had a similar experience, but Moses, we know, had a specific reason for being translated. It's really interesting because the Book of Mormon gives us insights that are left completely unrevealed in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, when talking about Moses, says this, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 5 and 6, quote, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died, and he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. So the the writers of the Bible just couldn't understand that someone could be translated. They thought he had to have died, but nobody knew where he died. So they said, his grave's probably over in Moab near Beth Peor. But God had to bury him because nobody knows what happened to him after that. The Book of Mormon gives us insights because it says, The Scripture saith the Lord took Moses unto himself. Well, the Old Testament doesn't say that, but apparently the brass plates said that exact thing, that the Lord took Moses unto himself. So even though we don't have that, we read between the lines that that must have been written on the brass plates. The Lord took Moses unto himself. Today we know that Moses was indeed translated. 
Yeah. He had a specific important assignment that in the future he needed to fulfill. And what was that assignment? So Moses, along with Elijah, appeared to Peter, James, and John, and to Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration so that they could give the, the keys that they held to Peter, James, and John. In the month of October, six months before Jesus' death, he took those three chief apostles with him, and there Peter, James, and John witnessed as Jesus was transformed into a glorious, transfigured being. And then there appeared Moses and Elijah, and they then gave these apostles priesthood keys so that they could become the first presidency after the passing of Jesus. So they had to do this. How are ordinances done? by the laying on of hands. If you don't have hands, you can't perform an ordinance. Why didn't God send resurrected beings to take care of that assignment? There was no resurrection at that point. No one was resurrected. This was before the resurrection. And so in order for beings with hands to be able to ordain others, these beings had to be translated. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people um, outside of our church believe that you don't really need laying on of hands to receive, you know, priesthood from God, or you don't need baptism. You you know, a lot of people want to think, well, you can just do it just by saying it, or God can just, you know, make this wish, so. wish it to be so. But God's very consistent, and we do confirmations in the temple by the laying on of hands, and we do baptisms for the dead, because these things have to be done with physical bodies, and priesthood keys had to be passed on with physical hands. Yep. It's been consistent. From the Book of Mormon, we know that Moses specifically was translated. It was taken unto the Lord. In the Bible dictionary, it says that Elijah's life closed dramatically. There appeared a chariot of fire, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And thus, he was translated. That's in the Bible dictionary under Elijah. So Elijah was also translated in order to be able to come back and perform those physical actions. And there may have been others. Those are the ones we know of. And Alma, we can speculate he was translated. We don't really know. We don't know. Certainly he could have been translated if he had some assignment that he needed to fulfill. He was translated. If not, then he may have just passed away as he went out into the country. Yeah. We don't know. But there are a few others that we talk about as being translated beings. We know that John, the beloved, beloved, was translated. He was granted his wish to be able to remain on the earth. And so he didn't have to experience death, but is now living as a translated being somewhere on the earth. We don't know where he is. And the three Nephites. The three Nephites are translated mortals. They continue to assist in this magnificent work of restoration, preparing for the second coming of the Savior. Now, what's the application today? Well, I think the important message here is that God is consistent, that there's always been angels ministering in God's true church, and that these angels, they have to perform certain tasks. They need bodies. If they don't need to perform those tasks, then they might not need bodies. But God's consistent. If they need a body, then then he provides a way for that, whether it's through resurrection or translation. Whatever the case, we know that God is consistent yesterday, today, and forever. Thanks so much for joining us today. Isn't the Book of Mormon an amazing book? Next time, we'll be discussing the unusual ceremonial ritual 
that accompanied the creation of the title of liberty. Until then, enjoy your reading.